Well, good morning, everyone. What a Jesus we serve. Man, he is amazing. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you don't know him, why not just run up here and just say, hey, I want to give my heart to the Lord. Like, he is so good. He's so kind. And uh, I'm really excited. These couple weeks, they're, these are very precious weeks as uh, we're nearing the end of a season as a church family. And we're stepping into a shift, a spiritual shift that's taken place. I mean, yeah, it's a natural change, but more importantly, it's a spiritual assignment that we're stepping into. And so I want to just take these next couple of weeks just to get us ready a little bit. I mean, we're already ready. Anytime you get an assignment from, I remember that as a, from a coach or like, you know, from a boss or different things like that, when they give you a task or an assignment, it's not because they don't think you're ready. It's because they think you are ready. Correct? Right. So how much just like our heavenly father, the same way. So he saw us fit. He saw us ready for the task yet that's at hand. Uh, But there's a few things that I want to get us kind of prepared for in these upcoming weeks. So we want to take some time just to talk about those. And as because, again, how you leave one building is how you enter the next. So, I mean, even from a from a church perspective, I mean, hey, we want to make sure I mean, people come from all different places, but how you leave one is how you go into the next one. And so we want to make sure we do all the things right. So we're ready to propel into the next season. Glad you're excited about that. So Ephesians chapter two, let's turn there. And I want to just again, I'm just laying some groundwork for things that we have chatted about a little bit. But then again, I believe in the Lord has kind of set some direction for us in the upcoming weeks, but I want to just lay this platform today. I mean, how many of you were thankful last weekend? We had a great time with Pastor Rick and Linda. They were wonderful to have here. Uh, We are inner men people, inner man, right? We don't live just based on the natural. We are on the inside. That's how we live. That's where all our answers come from. That's why we, how, where we make decisions from. See, we don't just make decisions based off of up here or emotions out here. We go by what the Spirit of God says inside of us. So if you missed that, please catch it on. You can rewatch it. But Ephesians chapter 2, let's read these verses here again. Verse 18, it says, Now because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Spirit to come before the Father. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the Holy Ones, with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Wow. He says, you are rising. Say it, I'm rising. rising. So your life is not supposed to go downward. It's actually just supposed to go up, up, up. I am rising. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built together. Look at your neighbor and say, we're being built together. We don't do this individually, it's together, right? But again, we don't want a body that's kind of weird, right? No, a leg that's half short, man, we want full running, full motion. So we're being built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Now this entire building, so that, who is this entire building? This would be us. So verse 21 kind of talks a little bit about the local church. And then verse 22 actually talks about the global church. So this entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision. Is that just our church? That is churches across the globe, right? It's under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you 
into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the spirit of God living inside of you. So that's the goal. And that's what the father is building. Jesus is building his church. Now, as we've seen here, so you and I, we've experienced a spiritual rebirth and that spiritual rebirth has given you eyes that see ears that hear, and you can understand how the kingdom operates. Cause again, kingdom is not a place. Kingdom is a way of operation. So when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, a transformation spiritually took place. You were taken out of that old sin nature and you were given the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you. He is there. He is equipping. He has transformed you to look just like Jesus. Spiritually speaking, you are a looking mighty fine. You are a okay. Perfect on the inside. Now where it needs some work is in our soul. Our soul needs a transformation. It needs to be renewed. And what's determining that renewal? Well, whatever we're spending more time in. We want it to be the word. Right? We want it to be the B-I-B-L-E. <clears throat> and now, let me just go back to this here. So as I've said, I've received this new birth. And now I have been given a covenant with almighty God as his child. Everything that heaven has, not for the future, but everything that heaven has to offer is yours when? Now. Eternal life doesn't just mean how long you're going to live. It means quality of life. Eternal life means whatever heaven has to offer belongs to you. What does heaven offer? Righteousness. Joy. Peace, health for your body, restored mind, blessing, financial blessing. All of the promises that heaven has, it belongs to you when? Now. So again, the whole purpose of the church is we have to tell the body of Christ is you got to renew your mind to what has already been done. To the world, our message is you got to get to know this God. He loves you. You got to get born again. But to the church, we say change the way you think right okay now as we just read in ephesians 2 it doesn't stop there but now it actually goes far further and he says i am actually under construction and i'm continually growing under his supervision and i'm being what transformed into a dwelling place that god has full access to operate in and through now, so you and I, what we're taking the time is this is the latter part here. We've talked and we'll continue to talk about the rights and the privileges you have because you are a child of God. But right now, just in this segment, in this time, as we're taking this time to really showcase and talk a little bit more about you and I growing under his supervision to becoming a place that God himself can dwell in. Now, remember the secret sauce that God gave us. Jesus really clearly laid it out for you and I. What is the secret sauce? Oh, come on. Four of you got it. What about the rest of y'all? Abide. How do we spell that? All right. I'm glad I didn't ask. Okay. <laughs> Abiding is the call in Christianity. It's the high call. Abiding. Well, I'm called to do this, this, or this. Great. Not apart from abiding. What makes me function in the church well is my abiding with him. 
doesn't matter what function or what role the God has given you. The best way to fully operate in it is with this key word, abiding. So you look at this in 1 Corinthians 1, 9. The Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul says, God is faithful. He is reliable, trustworthy, and ever true to his promise. Can I get an uh-huh in here? Come on, a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. And he can be depended on. And through him, you were called. Say called. I want to know what I'm called to. This is it. This is the high call. I'm called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's my calling. And so really operating in the depth of my call, operating and seeing further to what he has actually called me personally to do is dependent upon me answering this first call. So you cannot neglect the abiding process and just think, I'm going to be an effective believer. I'm going to do things for the kingdom of God. I'm ready to bulldoze hell. Not apart from abiding. Hell is going to kick your butt if we don't do the A thing. Abiding. It's crucial for you and I. Jesus proved this again with his disciples in Mark chapter 3. He says this in verse 13. It says, he went up on a hillside and he... Come on, y'all. He called. Calling is a big deal with God. He called you. What does that mean? You. I want you. Come. And now notice there is a response. And those whom he wanted. And they came to him. So that's the response. Listen, the call has gone out. I want you. Sally. Joe. Bill. Frank. Whatever names are out there. <laughs> All of a sudden losing forget for names here. Okay. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> yeah, there's one. Just thinking, if I have another kid, I may be in trouble. I just, whatever, just mush something together. Verse 14, and then notice what he did when they came to him. And he appointed the 12 so that they would be with him. The Amplified adds, for instruction, so that he could send them out to preach the gospel as apostles. So there's a whole sequel to this. God is not just shotgunning believers all over the place without first saying, hey, come with me. And this is what's so beautiful about church. Why did you come? So that we can abide together with him. Listen, there's things that you can get on your own. Absolutely. There's things that I get in my secret time with the Lord that are so precious to me. But I, there are things that I cannot get without the body coming together to meet. Listen, there's never been a grace and an anointing in a room like today. Because not everybody's been in this room at this exact same time before. So when we come together with the purpose of, I'm here to abide with you, Lord. I'm here to just thank you for who you are, what you've done in my life. Things change. That's why there shouldn't be services or just copycat services. They ought to be different because we're all bringing something a little different. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Okay, now, I am experiencing as much of God in my life that I want. You are experiencing as much of God, not as he wants, as you want. And that's the kindness of God, but also kind of the... Man, God, can you just invade? Yeah, he'd love to, but he had needs permission. He needs an access point. Now, I know you probably know that, but if you're like, man, I'm not satisfied with where I am with God. Well, guess what? There's always more for you. And it's not, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. God, give me more of you. What more is he going to give you? So the question has to be, Lord, how can I give more of myself to you? 
So the, the, the whole, I want more of God is actually the wrong song to sing. It's Lord, here I am. Here's my life. I'm giving more of myself to you and watch him. He'll take, you give him an inch. He takes an inch. You give him a foot. He'll take a foot. You give him a mile. Woo. He'll take a mile, but you give him 10. He'll take 10. Whatever you give him, he will take. So what do you want to give him? Cool. John 15, again, what we saw in verse 4. So Jesus laid these words. He said, remain in me. And remain, what is that word? Is it a verb? It is. It's an action, right? And it means to actually stay. Man, what a job that is to actually sit down, turn off the phone, turn off the telly, right? Stop all the things that are going out there and just stay without thinking, man, I got to get back to this. I got to think about this. Oh, what about this? What about that? Oh, my goodness, kids got to do this. When is your staying time, or we would call it your abiding time? When do you have that with the Lord? Not as a, you better be doing it, but as a, it's a privilege. The king of the universe is actually inviting you and I to sit down with him and say, hey, let's talk and let's do life together. Man, let's tell you, it's been wonderful, even in our marriage. Sometimes Jamie and I will just have to head off for a little bit. Like, well, where's mama going? She's going to go spend some time with the Lord. We want her doing that. Why? We want mama to love Jesus more than she loves you. Why? Because it's good for you. And it's good that my, my relationship with Jesus, I love Jesus more than my wife and my children. Why? So I don't hurt them. I'm not just talking physically. I'm just talking with my words. I can get mean. What's wrong with me? This, remain in me. This is where I have to live. <laughs> okay. Don't call social services. I'm not a bad, I'm, that's not what I'm trying to point. I'm a, I'm a good guy. <laughs> it says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Have we gotten that revelation? No branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. So this is where it all begins. See, fruit is not like, okay, I got to walk in love. I got to be patient. I got to be, oh, I got to do all these things. It just becomes your new lifestyle when abiding becomes a very important thing in your life. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. And it's not like I have to study patience in order to get patience. No, you could just be reading the word. And because the word, the ingredient of the word is patience, it just comes off of you. Religion complicates this tremendously. So Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are branches. So the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. They gather them, they are burned. Verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if they are, we are vitally connected and my message actually lives in your heart, ask whatever you want, and it shall be done. Prayer results. So my prayers being answered is on who now do we see? Well, it's on God. No, it's, there's a God side and a man side. He's clearly laying out to you and I, what's our side is allow his word to actually dwell, live on the inside of me to the point when you start hearing the word start talking back to you. Before you flip somebody off on the highway, the word go, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't, we don't do that anymore. This is who you are now in Christ Jesus. Oh, right, I'll retract that. 
How does that come? His word is living in you. Anybody got testimony of this, of the change as you spend time with him? You're no longer that guy or girl anymore. Is there anybody in the room that you used to be a real piece of work? <laughs> the Spirit of God has does some really good work with losers and turning them into champions. Any losers used to be losers in the room? <sighs> we have a really cool church. <laughs> So verse 80 says, my father is glorified and honored by this, this what? This bearing fruit, these prayer being answered. And you prove to be my true disciples. So now, again, like we said, this is a high call. And what is, why is Jesus strongly emphasizing the importance of staying close? Because you are a reflection of who or what you've been with. You reflect it. If it's on TV, whatever you're watching, that attitude, that spirit that's behind it comes on you and you now become the mirror of what you've just been seeing. So can I just lay this out? Nobody in this earth is an original in the sense of I am making my own way in this. I'm, I'm my own. Every, people can mirror me. And yeah, that's true. But where does the ultimate, does it come from? It either comes from your father, God, or it comes from the enemy of your soul. You and I are mirroring or reflecting who and what we're hanging around with. And sadly, there's a lot of people you can tell. It's like all they watch is Fox News. They know more about the indictment than they do what the Spirit of God wants to do in these days. And not to say that's not wrong. It's good to get informed. And hey, how do I pray? And I'm not saying any of that. But do you have a concept of what the Spirit of God is wanting and doing in and through your life? Or are we just focused on, well, you know, Trudeau said this. Great. Anything else you got? That's about it. I pretty much hate the guy. Christians. And it's going, oh, okay. So I can see your abiding runs deep in the political realm. And again, there's people that are called to it. That's not what I'm saying. But my abiding, whether I'm called in the political realm, whether I'm called in the education realm, whether I'm called in the sport or the entertainment realm, or specifically the church realm, abiding is my answer. Jesus is king over it all. So I might as well get clarity on how to, how to do that. Are we still doing okay a little bit here? Okay, now. So again, the reminder in this, the goal in the Christian life is transformation, not more information. I'm supposed to change and look more like him. Jesus ought to rub off on me. <laughs> right? I don't know about you, but I don't want more Joel being seen. I want Jesus to be seen. Because I'm very well aware that anything good in this church, in the service, anything that is taking place that you like in the church, guess what? It's him. Anything you don't like, it's, I don't, I don't know who can, it's me. It's, it's, it's us. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your loud amen on that one. Appreciate that. <laughs> but also this, Christianity gets boring when there's no change taking place in me. And when there's no fruit coming off my life, it just becomes a very dull relationship. So spice it up a little bit. Abide. How do you spice up your walk with the Lord? Abide. That's the key to it. Oh, man. Oh, God, I just want to love you more. I just want to love you more. It doesn't work that way. Don't come to the altar and say, I just want to love Jesus more. That does nothing. Get time in this word. And... What will happen? As I spent more time with Jamie, I fell more and more in love with her. She didn't eat all of her chicken fingers on the first date, so I took some. And I go, man, this girl, I like that. She didn't put them in a little cluck box. She actually gave them for me to eat them. 
I like this. There's some chemistry going on here. Second date, same thing. Let's just keep eating. This is great. She just has leftovers, and I eat that. And to this day, she's still offering her leftovers to me, and I go, we probably have some pizza tonight. And I go, girl, do you want to eat that? You want to save for you tomorrow? And she'll say, oh, Joel, I'll save it for you tomorrow. I go, you're talking my language, girl. You're talking my language. Remember this. (laughs) (laughs) She is a blessed woman. She is a blessed, blessed woman. Did you want to say anything about that? How blessed you are? Are you okay? (laughs) Totally kidding. I married up. Now, Going back, the Lord's vision for you and I is a high call. Again, Romans 8.29 in the Message Bible says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning, and he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Who sang, Jesus, I love you this morning? So if you look back again at verse 29, what does he want to do with your life? He wants to shape your life to be looking just like Jesus. Verse 30, so he says, the son, Jesus, stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. And we see the original and the intended shape of our lives there in him. And after God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed up. I love about that about God. He's a follow-up God. He followed it up by calling his people by name. And by after calling them by name, he sent them on a solid basis, right standing with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end. Woo! Gloriously completing what he has begun in our lives. So that is the good news. But now, so the question I want to go back to, but what am I growing into under his supervision? How am I supposed to look? And we saw just like Jesus. Now, I believe that I want to take some time over these next ready couple of weeks to really discuss what our next season looks like and just prepare, prepare us because what you and I are about to experience and step into is totally different than what you're sitting in right now. Yes, naturally speaking, but also from a spiritual perspective, it's a new assignment. Not new in the sense of, oh, vision has changed and we're on to something new. No, no, no. Same vision, but I believe what the Lord has given you and I, it's, it's like a blank sheet of paper. And I want to read to you real quickly here a prophetic word that was given to me uh, in August 2019. Now, there's a lot to this, so I just broke off and I took a, about a paragraph out of it. Uh, and this, again, was a minister that I did not know. I went, uh, our friends, Andreas and Ermery, they passed around in the Vancouver area. We were out there, and so he invited me to come to one of the prophetic nights that they had with another guy from uh, Andreas Bronkhorst was the guy's name, and he's from South Africa. So I went there, and I was like, hey, this guy, I've never met him. And so he was calling and he looked and he said, hey, I just, I saw something. And so he laid out this whole thing. And now this one snippet of it, it says this, it's time for God to do something new. Now, again, don't let those words kind of go with cliche. Christians love to say God's doing something new. Yeah, sometimes he is. And sometimes he just wants to kind of stir up what he said 10 years ago and stir that back up again. So new maybe to you and I, but it's been regular for him. It's time for God to do something new. The facility, your building, the place you are, that is not the place that God has for you. There's things connected to that place. So God is looking to start fresh and to start new with you. I see the facility is not far from there. 
It's not far. In fact, it's close. I see God taking you there. The place that God is taking you is a new and a fresh start. So a new and a fresh start, what does that mean? Now, as we go into this, I've just been spending a lot of time just with the Lord on some of these things. You know, Impact Life Church, or previously known as Family of Faith Church, was and is and will continue to be a church that Jesus is building. Why do I say it like that? Because man's church is in big trouble. What do I mean by man's church? It's our programs. It's our running a organization, trying to make things, trying to do things. That's in trouble. What's not in trouble is Jesus building his church. So what does that mean? We need to be a people that are responsive to him. That he says, move, we move. He says, stay, you stay. He says, go right, you go right. He says, don't do it. We don't do it. He says, do it, do it. Obedience is vital in these, in these days that we live in. And I know that's not a popular word with the woke mob, but obedience is crucial. We are a very obedient church. Meaning what? Lord, whatever you have us do, absolutely. We say yes before we even know. So Psalm 127, look at this in verse 1 through 3. It says, uh, um, not on the screen. Cool. So I'll read it to you here. Psalm 127, it says, If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. Now listen to this. It is really senseless to work so hard from early morning to late at night toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough because God can provide for his devoted lovers even while they sleep. Then he goes on to say, children are God's love gift and they are heaven's generous reward. Now I know that's talking to us as families, yes, but I also believe as a church It is useless for us to do this and do this without even understanding of a generational mindset. We are not, we are called to impact generations for Jesus. So honestly, I think the church becomes irrelevant if we are not aggressively going after the next generation. That's why I believe the Lord called us and moved us to another location up on the north side. And this building, we've talked many times before, will be called an impact center to aggressively (sighs) grit. Go after this generation. While the enemy is aggressively going after to bring confusion, to bring disunity, to do everything he can to get them distracted and away from the Lord, this place is a beautiful, not just naturally speaking, but the spiritual foundation has been laid here for decades for a generation to almost be, it's like a bridge building to the church. I get it. Thank you, Jesus. We have that. You're sitting in it. And in a month's time, it's going to be filled with teenagers, filled with kids, dancing, playing sports, doing a bunch of things and hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. I tell you, man, that is what this whole thing is about. So it's time to get aggressive on that. Now, (laughs) going back with this blank page or kind of in Bible terms, it's a new wineskin. What are we doing with this new wineskin? It's a fresh and a new start. How does the Lord want to build his church? 
Now, again, I want to remind you and I, impacting generations for Jesus, but who we be is more important than what we do. So what I want to take this time on, and I just believe as we follow the Lord, to really start talking about who we are. Because when we go there, listen, from a natural perspective, you're going to have a lot more visibility. People are even just popping in there right now to talk to our project managers on a regular basis. Hey, 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 hey. And it's not just because they want carpet or something out of the building. They're just popping in. So you're going to be getting a lot of pop-ins from people from all spectrums, whether in the kingdom of God or not, who have got theology up who knows where. They come from all these different types of backgrounds. And our call is to impact generations for Jesus. Now, of course, we have our four priorities of how to do that. But I want to talk a little bit more about atmosphere culture who we be because who we be is able to turn a whole life around because we want to look just like him i believe that when people got around in the presence of jesus they were drastically moved by who he was man for all of a sudden for like like it talks about really a class sinners they knew how to sin real well wanted to hang around this man there's something about this jesus that i just i want to know more about this man so what we want to do is we want to abide and reflect or mirror What we've done in our times like this together. It's times like this that really should shape what your personal time with the Lord should look like. And then your personal time with the Lord, as it goes deeper, it comes back here and it now reshapes our service. It's a beautiful cycle. Now, (laughs) I want to talk about the air that we breathe. Ephesians chapter 1, look at this in verse 15 and 16. The Apostle Paul, there's a few churches that the Apostle Paul prayed for. And I want just you and I to recognize, in the natural, for example, if a door is closed, do you go into that room? No. Well, just like in the natural, there are spiritual doors that you and I have access into, or if the door is closed, we can't. Now, what we're going to read a couple of verses here is you're going to see the Apostle Paul has an open door to pray for a couple of churches that he helped and he started. And what was the open door? That's what we're going to look at. So I want you to recognize doors in the spirit are crucial for access. Because I believe of our faithfulness, because of our hearts and what God has seen us as a collective body, he's entrusted us another building. Have you seen that yet? Have you, like really, if you've not taken the time to think on that, don't just kind of look, well, this is just, you know, a couple of people and no leadership that are doing this. This is a collective body that he's moving up there because he saw what's in you. He saw what's in us. And he goes, hey, together, let's do something for the kingdom. It's it. It's all about together with God, that they be one. So what we're seeing here now is, again, an open door. And the Apostle Paul says, for this reason, he says, because I have heard of your faith. Come on, shout out with me. Faith. I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in, our, in my prayer. Now, anybody know that? Anybody, I don't know, there's something about it every once in a while, like my pastor will text me, or I get you know, messages once in a while from different men and women of God that I honor and respect, and I'll get texts from them just saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Do you know what that does on the inside of me? How that delights my soul just to know, oh God, somebody is praying for me. Thank you. And it, it just gives such a, oh, 
Okay, I, I, I got some, I'm, I'm, I'm looked after here. Well, the same way, church, and I think I'm going to just be bold in saying a very obvious statement to you and I, we need to be praying for each other. <laughs> Has it come to this? Yes. Where all of a sudden, when somebody comes to your mind, it's not just to start talking about them. It's to go, Lord, I bow my knees to you and I lift up so-and-so to you. Lord, strengthen them with might. Lord, give them the strength that they need. Give them the wisdom that they need. Those names that the Lord will bring across your path in in throughout the day. Man, take heed to those things. Notice those things. Because listen, it could be life or death. It could be something that somebody's going through right at this moment. And this is who we are. We are a praying church because we know prayer gives God access to come in and move on the scene. (laughs) But again, I want you to see what opened the door. Your faith in Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Then in Colossians chapter 1, look here again. He says, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we are always praying for you. What are we praying about? Why are we praying for you? Verse 4, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. How you lean on him and with absolute confidence in his power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness. We heard that about you and of the unselfish love which you have for all the saints, God's people. What did it do for the saints in Colossae? It opened the door for this great mighty apostle to pray for them that they would have spirit of understanding, that they would have wisdom and knowledge to fulfill what God has called them to do. I don't know about you, but I want open doors. Many times whenever we have a, a, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a guest minister in the body of Christ. We have another, you know, uh, one of the fivefold ministry gifts that stands on this platform. I ask, were you received? How did it feel from a spiritual standpoint? And not one time, this is a kudos to you guys, woo! Not one time have we ever felt that we didn't belong that there wasn't uh, the grace to speak out what God has given us for your church. It's always been there to the point where we get numerous calls. Hey, can we come back? That happens regularly. Can we come back? Why is that? Because of your faith in Jesus and your deep love for one another. So when I kind of go, I'm not really loving really well. Well, this is a good opportunity. We got a blank slate that we're starting on. I don't like so-and-so. We'll get over it because to me, having utterance in the spirit of God to say what he needs to say is more worth my grudge that I have towards my spouse or anybody else. It's not worth it. Thank you for your excitement on that. Next. Now look at this. First Thessalonians chapter one. I'm just again showing this out to you and I. He says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, continually mentioning you in our prayers. Wow, what are we doing? We're recalling, verse 3, unceasingly before our God and Father, your work that is energized by faith. Man. And he says, and your service is motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of Jesus Christ. Woo! So what motivated this church? Man, their faith in Jesus was strong. But what motivated them to do these good works? Jesus is coming back and his deep love for me and therefore my deep love for you. When I know how much I'm loved by God, it becomes easier to love you. (laughs) 
Some of you think, well, it's easy. Hey, some of you, we got to love some of your family members that you don't even like. <laughs> think about that. No, just, <laughs> and then you just say, oh, just, you know, just have a set up a meeting with, with Joel. He'll, everything will be okay. So that, just you think about that. You think that through a little bit. Second Thessalonians chapter one. The Apostle Paul, again, in verse 3, he says, We ought always and indeed are morally obligated as those in debt to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is fitting because your faith is growing even greater and the unselfish love of each one of you toward one another is continually increasing. So again, I mean, you know, for you and I, I mean, we have, I know there's a specific people that are watching online, but to hear that phrase, you know, word travels fast. We understand that concept. I could pick up a phone right now. I could call my parents in Australia at this moment and then we would be able to chat across the world. Well, in the apostle Paul's days, word did not travel fast. They weren't able to do all those texting and different things like that. So what did Paul, in order to hear these things, somebody that was close to Paul had to go into one of these churches, sit in a service with all these people, and while they were sitting there, they'd go, man, these people trust God. And so they would come back to Paul on this journey, and they would hunker down all these, you know, the uphill both ways, and all these turmoils, and all these things that they're crossing, running crazy camels, and all these things, and they finally arrived to Paul. Paul, and Paul will go, come on, tell me about the church at Ephesus. Tell me about them. What was going on there? And they go, Paul, I tell you, there was an atmosphere in that room of faith that meant that people would walk in off the street. People would come in from all sectors of life. And that room was charged with faith, meaning that we can believe all things are possible to him who believes. With our God, that's more than capable. Our God is for you. Keep going. He's the God of the impossible. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power works in us. And Paul goes, oh, oh man, that is music to my ears. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. And then he goes back and says, no, 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 that's not it, Paul. Not only was it energized with faith, but you want to know something even greater than that? There's this sweet love that just, it filled the room. I walked in there and it, it permeated my being. I, I don't know what it was, Paul. I sat in that room and I would just weep under the anointing of God because the love was so strong, was so deep that there wasn't even anything lacking among them all because this love was so tangible and people loved each other so deeply. And so can you see this great apostle of faith? Just, oh God, because I've heard of this, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light. I'm praying that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of this great God. This opened the door for this apostle to pray, not just Paul's words, but Holy Ghost words for these last days. Now, I don't know about you, it is not about the glamour. It's not about a light show. We're going to have lights, but it's not about that. We're going to have really nice screens, but guess what? It's not about that. But why do we have all these things? Because the carnal man looks to the natural things. So we use these things as tools to draw you in. So once you're in, the Spirit of God goes boom. And what we're all about, faith in Jesus. That's somebody that who knows where they came from, from Black Falls, from Lacombe, from Red Deer, from Penhold, from Sylvan Lake. They come and they're now sitting in a room going, what is this place? 
That's faith. That's faith in God who is a good God that you put your trust in him. Watch what he's able to do in your life. And then they go, yeah, that, that I know, man, that's exciting. Woo, come on now. And then we go, but yet there's more. There's this, come on, everybody just take a deep breath. That's the love of God. And it actually talks about how Jesus, he gave his life as an aroma, a living sacrifice to God. He gave himself up, not, sorry, not a living, he gave himself up. And it actually talks about, it's a sweet smelling savor that went up to, to the father. So when the father would smell these acts, he'd go, ooh, my love is strong in that house. And wherever there is a revelation of love, faith is able to operate. So what we're going to do is just take the next couple of weeks to talk and dive more into this. Because last verse, just to show you, we'll jump on here probably the next week. 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, pursue this love. It says, make it your goal. Some people kind of go, oh, we want the gifts of the Spirit. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I desire them. I don't pursue it. Why? Because you'll get off. I don't pursue faith. I don't pursue that. I pursue love because love is what gives your voice sound. When it's motivated and tapped in by that. That's why people walk in here and go, what, 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 what is this about this place? I've been looking and I've been searching. I've been, Lord, I've been looking for my answers and I got it today. What is that? It's the love of God. <laughs> it's the goodness of God. So church, we, this is what you and I are a part of. This is what we are building. We are involved in building the church that Jesus wants that he died for, bled for, and gave his life for. This is what we are a part of. And what does the church ought to smell like? When you walk in there, and I'm not talking about, you know, like Axe deodorant or something like that. Showers are helpful, but again, more deeper than that is just this faith-charged atmosphere and the love of God that we have for each other. So Father, right now, we just take this moment right now just to say how we love you. <laughs> we love you because you first loved us. And Father, as we have said yes to you many times in our services, many times on individual basis, but Father, I just want to take another moment just to rededicate my yes to you. I deepen my yes to you, Father, before even knowing all the details of the next season, I say yes. Church, if that's just something that's riding on your heart too, I just want to deepen my yes before he even tells you or says, hey, I want you to do or get involved in this, let's just automatically say, I say yes. It's the most beautiful thing to do. I say yes. I say yes to this. We call it naturally this culture. Heaven just calls it home. Faith and love. Lord, we are willing to be those people. We want to be those people of faith and love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for strengthening us. We thank you for helping us to make this love be our goal, our pursuit in life. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just really just sense the, there are so many, how do you say that, Lord? I don't know, I just, I, as I look, as I look at you in your faces, Man, just to get a glimpse of the Father's deep care and love for us. Wow. 
what, honestly, this is not to say, there's no such thing as the best church because there's, it's impossible. But how precious is this group? Would you mind just looking around for a sec and just see these people through the eyes of Jesus for a moment? Wow. Jesus loves you. Some of you got to go, Jesus, yeah, and he loves you. <laughs> no, but seriously, just take a moment. With all the quirks, with all the personality differences, <laughs> man, he really loves this people. Church, this is going to fill our atmosphere. I know that when people walk in that don't know the Lord, they'll go, what is this? I want it. And we just say, let's point to our king. It's all Jesus. Impact is just a name so that people can naturally put something on it. But what we know it to be, it's, it's the culture of heaven that's permeating this room. Amen? Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone.